Hi, y'all. My name is Bianca, and welcome to the Blunt Objects Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast where a guest and I share our thoughts and theories about true crime. Now sit back, relax, free your mind, and join me as we explore these cases. You hear that? Those are our five dogs. All of them are literally howling. And the neighbor's dog. And the neighbor's dog. And their neighbors. And <laughs> like basically the, the surrounding neighbors we have, their dogs start howling because our dogs howled. Woo woo. I'm nervous now. I went, oh, this. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of the Blunt Objects Podcast. Thank you so much to anybody that's just jumping in, right? To, I guess, listen to me, talk and talk and talk. But recently with COVID, we've been stuck in the house and whatnot. I just forgot where I was going with that. Okay, no, my bad. Okay, I know where I'm at. So, since... (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm gonna stop. You're gonna have a lot of editing to do. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So with COVID being around, right, and everyone being stuck in the house, I've been doing a little bit more of like my Snapchat videos and whatnot. And recently, like, I posted the story of Elizabeth Short, also known as the Black Dahlia, and I got a lot of feedback. You know, basically, people wanted more information. And like the weirdo, weirdo I am, I know a lot about the case. And I don't know if that's a bad thing or a good thing. But I guess, you know, when the mind gets curious, it gets curious or whatnot. But because I got a lot of feedback, I decided, hey, let's make it the first episode. See where it goes. Oof, I just got nervous. <laughs> You're doing great. You're doing yeah. Really good. Okay. It sounds good on my end. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds good. Okay. So let's get our first episode started. So today I'm going to go ahead and do a little mini episode and talk about a case. But moving forward, I'm going to be having guests on the podcast and we're going to discuss cases that happen. It could end up in a whole different, (laughs) in a whole different subject and just have fun with it, right? We have questions. We're going to get some answers. So today, I'm going to go ahead and follow up with the Elizabeth Short case, also known as the Black Dahlia. And she's well known just by the Black Dahlia, but I'm going to mention her name a lot because that's her name. The case overall is the Black Dahlia case, but her name is Elizabeth Short. And a lot of people don't ever really remember sometimes the victim's names. And we want to make sure that if we're going to be telling their story, you know, we mention their names. It's going to be graphic, guys. Okay, 
On January 15, 1947, a mother and her child, you know, were walking down the street on their way to go do some mandados, right? When the little girl basically turns and points at something and the mother, you know, was like, what? What's going on? When the mother noticed what looked like a mannequin because the body figure was extremely pale, like super, super pale, and it was cut in half. The mother then realized, you know, it was a human body, so she went to go call law enforcement okay so i'm about to describe to you guys a really gruesome thing okay the body the face was up her eyes were wide open and she was naked her arms had been placed above her head and stretched out and her legs had been spread wide apart too she had been hit in the head and she had missing flesh in different areas of her body A permanent smile had been carved from one side of her face to the other, basically giving her a permanent smile. Think about it as the Joker smile. She had been cut in half down her waist. Lastly, her body had been drained. She had no blood whatsoever. So once law enforcement took the body and they did an autopsy, found that her name was actually Elizabeth Short. So let's talk about Elizabeth Short. When Elizabeth was young, her father passed away and her mom was left being a single mother. They then found out that Elizabeth had issues with her allergies and they were really, really bad. So Elizabeth had to move down to Florida with other family members and she spent a lot of time there, right? I mean, she would visit her her mom here and there and her siblings, but most of the majority of the time she stayed in Florida because Anytime she would go home, then those allergy attacks would come, right? As she started growing up, she began to be like a little traviesa, right? Like everybody does when you're going into your teen years. And she was caught underage drinking. From there, she was arrested and they took her fingerprints and did her mugshot, which is actually used a lot to show who she is. There are plenty of pictures out there. We don't need to keep using that specific picture. And it sucks because during the time of the investigation, the media and people would constantly try to make her look like she was a slut. And they judged her because she would usually talk to the guys and girls like she was really, really friendly. And on top of that, she liked to go out to bars and clubs, you know, have a good time. She did have a history, though, of going on dates with men just for dinner. But she mostly did that because her friends would hook her up and she was broke most of the time. Hey, I'm not saying that it's okay. I'm just saying that that's what I found out. (laughs) Okay, so back to who she is. At the age of 18, she and her mom find out that her dad had been alive this whole time and was living in L.A. making a life for himself with basically out his kids and his wife right well elizabeth then you know talks to him and she decides to move to la to become a star and then well you know what happened as the media started printing about the case and seeking additional information law enforcement began to receive like these weird letters from someone going by the name of the black dahlia avenger At one point, they even received some of her belongings, like her IDs, an address book, pictures. And and what's weird about it, too, is that the address book had pages missing. 
And that's kind of weird. Like, if you really think about it, do you think the murderer's information was in that address book and they took it out or, you know, like maybe the killer knew Elizabeth and just tore out the pages, right? Hmm. It's interesting. I never heard it like the actual story. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Choo-choo-choo. So several people came forward claiming that they were the killer, but law enforcement ruled them out. The sad part about it is that I think I want to say it was about a 100 people coming forward claiming that they had killed Elizabeth Short. So like that's a lot of time that they took away from actually finding the real murderer. Like, why do that? And and it actually happens a lot more than you think. Oh, but that's a whole different issue. We, we'll, we'll discuss that at some point, too. There are several conspiracies out there, but I want to focus on a specific one that involves George Hodel. So George Hodel had an IQ of 186, which he used to brag that it was a point higher than Einstein's, right? So with him saying that, you can already tell like he thinks a lot about himself. At that time, he was running the county's venereal disease, also known as VD, guys. Don't be sucios out there. Well, he was running that type of clinic where he would actually see a lot of LA's top people because, you know, there's a lot of cochinos. (laughs) He also had family money and lived in an extra extra bougie house that had this secret room behind a bookshelf that nobody was allowed to go in he used to throw these big ass parties where a lot of celebrities would come and attend i i want to say some of those parties were like sexy parties like hey there's a there's a little bowl at the entrance put your key in no i don't know maybe i mean I think I think I read somewhere that he did have those kind of parties. So now get this out of his 11 kids, one of them, Steve Hodel, the son, well, his son became a homicide detective and retired after 25 years in the force. Now, let's talk about Steve Hodel, the son of George Hodel. Steve Hodel was born and he was raised in L.A. He was a medic with the Navy. Then he joined LAPD. After a couple of months with LAPD, he transferred to what was called the Hollywood Division Detectives, where he would end up handling burglary, robbery, auto theft, juvenile, those types of crimes. And then eventually moved forward and started working with homicide detail. He then became a detective and eventually retired in 1986. After his father died, his stepmom gave him a photo album where he found two pictures of a, of a female. He asked his stepmom, hey, you know, who, who is this? And she replied by saying, I don't know, an old friend of your dad's. He looked at the pictures like over and over and over again and realized that the lady in the photos looked a lot like Elizabeth Short. He then began to look into the case and made several connections leading to his father being the suspect. He then asked for the official police records of the case. He received the documents and guess what? He opens one of the folders and out falls a picture of his dad, also known as George Hodel. George Hodel, let's talk about him. 
Back in October of 1949, he was accused of molesting his 14-year-old daughter, Tamara Hodel. There was actually three witnesses that testified at the trial that they had seen Hodel basically molesting his daughter. Hodel was later acquitted of the sexual assault charges two months later. That case then led LAPD to include Hodel as a suspect for the Black Dahlia case. George was really smart and he went to medical school specializing in surgery. You know, he became a doctor. And you might be asking, why is this important, Bianca? Why are you asking this? Well, the type of surgeon he was, was a specific type of surgeon. Now, this specific type of surgeon knew how to do a specific cut, which involved cutting someone in half. So let me explain. There is a part in the body going down your belly button where it can be cut without basically going through a bone. Just a clean cut, right? Which is exactly how Elizabeth was cut in half. There was less than 100 doctors in the whole U.S. at that time that knew how to perform that surgery. And it's just a coincidence that George Hodel was there during the same time that Elizabeth was murdered, right? George also had a car that looked exactly like the car that was seen at the scene of the crime. Remember, this is one of the rules, guys. The killer always returns to the scene of the crime. They always do. Why? They're sickos. Okay. George also lived in like this extra, extra bougie house where he had a secret room behind a bookshelf. No one was allowed to go into this room. Steve, the son, remembers several women coming over, visiting with the dad and going into the room. Now, remember the letters that the media and law enforcement were getting? Well, Steve, the son, claims that that is his father's handwriting. He's gotten the letters looked at by professionals and some say that, yes, it's a match to his dad's and some say no. And so we still kind of just don't know. So the LAPD did something that is completely illegal now. LAPD put Hodel under surveillance from February 1950 to March 1950. A police officer or detective I'm not sure. Someone with the LAPD entered the house when Hodel wasn't in the house. That's when they ended up installing some microphones around the house and they monitored those microphones 24-7. 24-7. They wanted to see if any comments were made about the Black Dahlia murder. Most of the transcripts are of Hodel basically doing the nasty Right. So so you have FBI agents listening to this dude just bang in his house. Like, how embarrassing is that? That's gross. <laughs> you're just imagine being that FBI agent and you're just like, oh, he's banging again. <laughs> gross. So besides the FBI hearing him do the nasty, they also heard him like talk a whole bunch of stuff, like talk a whole bunch of shit to his secretary. And just kind of like degraded her and even talked about like money problems that he was having. But let's go back to February 1950, right? There apparently is like this really horrific recording, right? The recordings are out there if you want to go ahead and listen to them. In the transcripts, it mentions that in the tapes, they heard a woman screaming, a woman screaming, and then nothing. So so that's really weird. Like, 
How do they hear screaming and then screaming and then nothing? Later that same day, Hodel was recorded talking to someone. This is what he said. And I quote, realized there was nothing I could do. Put a pillow over her head and cover her with a blanket. Get a taxi. They thought there was something fishy. Anyways, now they may have figured it out. Killed her. End quote. Then another time they catch him saying, supposing I did kill the Black Dahlia. They couldn't prove it now. They can't talk to my secretary anymore because she's dead. End quote. That's what the transcripts say. The secretary they refer to in the transcript, her name was Ruth, who died of a drug overdose. Due to Hodel's comments in the recording, he was investigated for her murder. He had been present when the secretary died. And get this, he even burnt some of her belongings before the police were called, causing the case to basically be dropped because there was a lack of evidence. However, documents were later found that indicated Ruth had been planning to blackmail Hodel. She was about to come forward and basically say that Hodel was misdiagnosing patients, billing them wrong for laboratory tests and giving them extra medical treatments and definitely unnecessary prescriptions. You know what else is messed up, though? At that time, LAPD was, like, super dirty. Like, they were a really dirty department involving cops and gangsters, hoes, and payoffs. They removed George as a suspect, claiming that the tapes had basically proved his innocence. Like, what? Did did they not hear those ladies' screams? Did they not hear the comment about his secretary? And did they not hear about how they couldn't prove that he had killed the black dahlia come on like that's suspicious why would after hearing that why would you clear them right that's dumb who says supposing i kill the black dahlia they couldn't prove it now oh maybe the secretary knew and that's what she was about to to say right the secretary knew (laughs) she knew too Let's also not forget that he knew a lot of L.A.'s top people. So what if he ended up blackmailing someone in the LAPD that basically helped him get off? In a police report, law enforcement mentions that a lady named Lillian, who used to live with George Hodel, said Elizabeth Short was one of his girlfriends. She also said that Hodel had spent some time around like the Biltmore Hotel. I hope I'm saying that. Biltmore Hotel? I want to say that that's how you say it. If not, my bad. Well, Elizabeth had been seen being dropped off before she went missing. Now... Tamara Hodel stated that her mother, Dorothy Hodel, told her that her father had been out partying on the night of the Black Dahlia murder and stated, they'll never be able to prove I did that murder, unquote. What? It's it's crazy. The photographs that Steve Hodel claims to be Elizabeth Short are a big debate and are unknown, but... They did figure out that one of the pictures was not Elizabeth and it was this other lady. But the other one 
they still don't have a connection to if it's actually Elizabeth or if it's somebody else. That is still unknown. Well, George Hodel died in 1999. Steve has brought this up to LAPD several times, but they refuse to look into the case any further. In 2003, Steve published the book called Black Dahlia Avenger, A Genius for Murder. In the book, he claims that his father had committed the murder and actually other unsolved murders as well. So he actually claims that the Black Dahlia murder was not his first murder or his last. Steve also wrote several other books about the Black Dahlia and how his father was connected. And he even wrote a book saying that his dad could be the Zodiac Killer as well. In case anybody wants to check that out. (laughs) There's so much out there about this case. So if you're really curious for more information, I suggest you check out those books. But you can also listen to a podcast called Root of Evil, which shares a lot more details into the Hodel family. If you're extra, extra curious... You can go on Google and search Black Dahlia crime scene photos and you'll see the photos. Warning! Please be advised. (laughs) Be advised, guys. It is a really graphic picture. It's, It's in black and white, but it's still graphic. In conclusion, guys, if there's anything to be learned about this case is to be careful. Be careful who you trust. Be careful about where you're at. If there's anything else we should learn about this case is that we should stop victim blaming. Elizabeth was basically seen as someone that was easy. And we even see it now in the 2000s. See, this happened in the 40s. We're still doing the same thing. At that time, they kept saying Elizabeth basically asked for it because of the way she dressed, because of the way she looked, or because of the fact that she would just go out. No one should be attacked or assaulted because of who they are. Let's keep in mind to always remember the victim and not who committed the crime. So let's end this in a positive note. Let's learn from history. Let's not repeat history and be good people overall. Just be a good person. Thank you so much, so much for tuning in to my first episode. I know it's a little rough, but I hope that you guys continue to listen to me, like what I'm putting out. Please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Blunt Objects Pod for any future updates or any future shows and mini sessions. <laughs> guys, please stay safe, be careful, and don't be afraid to be blunt. Take it easy. <laughs>